A cappella FM. <laughs> Should we do that for a week where we just do all the songs ourselves? <laughs> Please. Boots and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. I think we were going to let you parade around in your ridiculous suits pretending you were running this Sorry, company? Sorry, my Prada's in the cleaners! Along with my hoodie and my FEM FM. Hi guys. Hello, hello. Ladies. Ladies. Welcome back to another episode of FEM FM. FEM FEM. Now streaming on Spotify as FEM FM. But a podcast. But a on podcast. Spotify. Um, thanks for all listening to last week's Mate. episode. It's, we've honestly, like... We were like, oh, who's actually going to care that we're back? People um, care. People care. You all have been so nice. We love We've you got guys. some really sweet messages. Um, like, any new listeners? Like, yeah, hi, hello to the new listeners and welcome back to the old listeners. We're so happy to be back doing this again. It's, it's honestly our little baby, like, because we don't, it's not monetized in any way. We just do it <laughs> we for do the it love of doing it. it. But also, so it's so nice to share it with other people. Us. Oh. Yeah, that being said, like if you want to pay us, God, this monster is so yummy and could be yours for the <laughs> price of three ninety with any Tesco meal deal. <laughs> yeah, like we said, we do this for fun. <laughs> who, who, who do you think would be a good like company to sponsor Fem FM? Good company to sponsor Fem FM. Um, Monster, I think. Yeah, <laughs> literally going to be Monster. Someone, like, no sleep. Monster, any stationery brand. Any like gnome, no But then also like if the genuinely now like if you'll have any like events slash shit you do that you would like us to promote. Yeah, if you want us to shout anything out on Fem FM. If you guys have any cool stuff that you're doing, because like this is like it's not a massive thing that we're doing, but like we appreciate you guys listening, and if you're doing cool things that you think would like fit the vibe of the show that you want people to know about and like, especially because obviously if you guys don't know I'm from London but we're based in Birmingham and like Birmingham doesn't always get the best rep for all the cool arts and culture stuff There's that goes so on here much. so if you know of any events that are going on that you think the Femme FM like listener base would like so you know let's nice. go DM at fem.fm on Instagram or if you want to email us um, it's in our link tree, which, yeah. by the way, contact fm at gmail Good link tree. It's a good well link tree. Set up by <laughs> Thank you. Also, on our link tree is the link to our agony on uh, Q and A section. We had a few issues with the link, but it should be fixed now. It's sorted now. I'm bad so at technology. If you would like some terrible advice, like what we will be dishing out later in this episode, please give us a message there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll find everything there. Um, we've got a pretty cracking episode for you all today um some like good songs we've decided to do like a themed pick each week last episode we did um for our theme our like best comeback songs slash best like entering the boxing ring song and this episode we've decided um to choose our favorite songs based on slash themed around sisterhood female friendships mm. um platonic love in like that sense because that's what Femme FM is all about that's what fuels us this fuels us like this show fundamentally to its core is about uh, like our friendship Kat came round today to film to film Femme FM not film record, record yeah 
and had a bag of like my favourite things because I've been having a bit of a hard week and Kat came round with a bag that was like beans and Jaffa cakes and tea which are my favourite things ever yeah. and the marvellous creations Cadbury's bar don't forget that this is the and best the marvellous creations it's such a best one. bus in chocolate bar man like, who'd have thought that having gummies in a chocolate bar would but be it works like, it's popping, so popping well. candy <sighs> fire but that's why nothing is more powerful than sisterhood period it's just so nice period right uh, it's your pick first my love so tell my us about pick it first this week so my pick for a song that makes me think of sisterhood is a song called all my girls like to fight by hope tala it is a single of hers from 2020 hope tala is another london-based babe she's also jamaican british so like shout out hope tala meet you uh she is an incredible singer genre wise she's kind of like she's kind of pop but with like an R&B but also yeah. like bossa nova kind of influence oh, which is sure. really interesting we played on the show before I believe yes we played her song Mad on like the original run of Femme FM last year she's got such a lovely like delicate voice oh she's so good and her lyricism is great she is an English literature graduate and you can tell in her songs but the reason I chose this song this week All My Girls Like To Fight is because it's like a song about a breakup Mm -hmm. poised in the context of I'm gonna be okay because my girls they'll fight you yeah and I just I think that's such a (laughs) sisterhood moment you know like there's no one on earth like a woman hates more than her best friend's ex do you know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. I message my friends like, I just saw your ex. Don't worry. Tripped him over. Like, we broke up seven years ago. We care. went on one date. I don't care. That's the thing. They'll have settled their beef, but like, to me, no. We haven't set, We I know we've never met, but we've we not settled, settled our beef. beef. Yeah, period. And that's what this song's about. And I think it's a really nice song in that it's a queer song, so it's about a relationship that she had with another woman. And the lyrics are, all my girls like to fight, but she also says, all your girls like to fight. And I think it's a nice reminder of, like, you know, we shared our own love, but both of us still have these really important sisterhood connections. And that's what's going to get us through this. This song is like part vocals, part rap from Hope Tala. And she has an interesting quote about the rap on this song, which I also think is like very femme femme. Because she says a lot of people call the rap in this song spoken word, but she really wants to classify it as rap. She says, rap is a very male dominated industry and creative space. And I just want to get stuck in and shake things up a bit. And I think that's so true. Because I think a lot of the time women that sing and rap are told like, not really rapping you can do one or the other basically like you're not a rapper you're her singer who apparently raps yeah why can't you be both and you can just you can be flexible in your creative medium and that's great see women doing the most like you're telling me a man can get in a booth and be like drugs pussy weed stussy (laughs) and that's fine he can call himself a rapper (laughs) (laughs) But I like this song a lot and I like I think it's important as well that Hope Tala sings from a queer perspective because another thing about sisterhood is I don't like to view it in the lens of like cisgender we are female women's sisters like I think vagina 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 yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's my nickname in prison <laughs> <laughs> take off my bit 
I think it's really nice to think of sisterhood not as like a gendered thing, but just to like love that we share with all of our community who Absolutely. aren't men because it's really important that we all have that love for each other Regardless. that we all back each other and it's, that we yeah. all fight each other's exes period let's play it so here's All oh My Girls Like to Fight by Hope Tala I lick their hands clean of bark and bite so they can sleep deep at night ah. All my girls like to fight I could throw the first punch But purity coats my tongue oh, oh, And I'm not gonna be the one to try You'd like to make me suffer Thought we loved one another Crystal, will your old lovers around Be quiet, don't make a sound Cause all your girls like to Suffer thought we left one another crystal. All my old lovers around, be quiet, don't make a sound. Cause all my girls like to fight. I love it. It reminds me of um, the song that, okay, 
episode on the show before ah. Billions by Caroline Polachek, oh, yeah. which uh, the album came out this year finally because that single came out like what two al- years ago. Um, Desire, I want to turn into you. I will play something from it on the show because it's such a Femme FM coded album. It's my favourite of the year so far, honestly. Love um, an artist do that for us when they're like, it's my muse. Probably <laughs> Femme FM Probably from Femme Student Femme. Radio. <laughs> this tiny show from Birmingham that hasn't aired in like a year. We're their muses. I'm doing I it for tell. them. Oh, incredible. All right, so you've got a song to represent Sisterhood as well. Right, yeah, because um, I'm insufferable, I couldn't pick a song about Sisterhood without picking a Boy Genius song. Um, they dropped their album, The Record, this year. It's their first studio album together. If you don't know who Boy Genius are, um, you probably will know one of the members. Mm. Um, it is a supergroup comprised of Phoebe Bridges, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker. What makes someone a supergroup rather a super than a group? A supergroup is like when they have their own established careers. Hmm. and then come together to form a group and they're incredible like because I'm queer and insufferable I love Phoebe Bridges um I was never a Phoebe Bridges person um <clears throat> this album I've, I didn't know which song to pick from this album because the whole album basically is uh an album that encapsulates their friendship especially their friendship as queer women um it's incredible um and the song I chose um is one called Satanist um and this song, for context, like this this whole album like is just about it's so good. I don't know how to word it, it's about them. They literally went through um through Falls counselling as part of the album prep. Yeah, you said which I think is so, so good. Bad. This song is Should really we do great. that for Femme FM? <laughs> Should we go through Cripples Counseling and like update you guys on our friendship and the progress we've made? I think we um, should. And I just really enjoy the kind of like because I feel like friendships as relationships are kind of not given as much like couples counselling is a kind of a commonplace thing but friend counselling is never really a thing but I feel like friendships friendships are the most important relationships we all have exactly and I think I think the point of this album is that friendships and platonic relationships deserve just as much time attention and care the, the, the reason this album is so like beautiful and resonant is because it is so deeply honest about female friendships and it really goes into their like personal interrelationships with each other and the reason this record sounds so good is because it's so obvious how much they love each other um, the song I've chose Satanist was written by Julian Baker and it's about um, for context Julian Baker was like raised deeply Catholic and has had a lot of like religious issues mm-hmm. especially as a lesbian um, and this song is about basically the idea of like if I was to become a Satanist or join some sort of like philosophical cult, like would you come with me? Um, I would come with uh, you. <laughs> thank you. Like, would you come with me? Would you like stick by me? Like, the song is basically, do you want to be in my life long time? Um, and it was between a toss up between this song and Leonard Cohen, which if you this was a more like fun vibey one. Leonard Cohen's quite short, but um, I just really enjoy this album. I feel like it's is a beautiful love letter to women and loving women and being around women and surrounding yourself with women and caring for women more than like anyone else and um this song is basically like a like come down the deepest darkest route with me there's three of the most talented songwriters at the moment um if you like this i'd recommend checking out the album and their solo stuff this is their first studio album um the first music they released since their 2018 self-titled ep um this when did this album like, come out this album came out this year oh. uh, it came out like last month or the month before i think it came out in march um but yeah incredible stuff um i would highly recommend 
uh, if you are a person who loves your damn women um, this is a really fun song and I think it's a really beautiful testament to female friendships um, Sadie would you become a Satanist with me? I mean, I kind of already am. Yeah, we kind of already are. I'd revert to a different (laughs) religion with you. Amazing. Um, Think about that. Let's listen to this. Would you? Would you? Would you do that for your pals? This is Satanist, but we're genius. I said. 
beautiful, beautiful, that was great song. beautiful. We were just talking about whilst listening to this. Um, Lucy Davis, um, yeah, one of the members, um, spoke about her like. Um, what's the word philosophical, philosophical stance being posi nihilism which I completely agree with the which idea I've never of, heard like, of which I really like nihilism is like nothing matters so what's the point but posi nihilism is more like nothing matters so why worry nothing matters so what's the point in being sad exactly um, I really like that song um, there's a line in Leonard Cohen that I wanted to like mention there's another song that I was going to play um, and Bye it Boy says, Genius Yes, and it says, um, like, uh, the li- it's something along the lines of, um, I don't know it. if I'll like you less because you know me so well. I don't know if I'll like you less because you know me so well. Ooh. I think it's great being like, I'm so scared of... Like, with friendships, you don't really think about that much, but, like, I'm most vulnerable, I'd say, with, like, my my friends. And it's like... I am being open and vulnerable and I'm putting myself in a position where I'm like, you know me so well and that makes me a bit scared of you. Um, but yeah, there's something beautiful in that vulnerability. Gives you, it gives that other person so much, you know, potential, potential ammunition. Power. Yeah. But that's what's lovely about friendship and vulnerability is trust. that you trust them to use that knowledge for good. Yes! Like bringing you baked beans because they <laughs> yeah, do exactly. like baked beans. Exactly. So I feel like I like you more because you know me so well. Because Until I've been we so we introduce vulnerable. our new segment, Baiting Out Cat. <laughs> so, first of all... <laughs> Oh god, I wasn't expecting this. This is like list all my deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets and vulnerabilities. Oh, me and Kat did do should we share the lists that we made for each other? There oh, was a trend yes. going around recently that was like pros and cons to dating my friend and we made lists oh, about each, each other. other. Oh my god. Right. Uh, where have I done it? I'll read mine first because I've I've got it up. Stunning. Pros and cons of dating Kat, a list by Sadie. <laughs> also, if I say something that on the edit Kat doesn't want me to say, I will obnoxiously beep it out. <laughs> Pros. Gorgeous, beautiful, stunning. Yeah. Will cook you amazing food. Correct. Has great style. Thank you. Cracking tits. Yep. He has very good and thoughtful advice. Yep. Chain smoker brackets will always share backy. I will, I will. I have the communal backy at work. <laughs> what the what the cons? Cons will take ages to get ready and then we'll still have to do her hair. Yeah. Work cessed fiend. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to bleep some of these out. <laughs> we'll be six degrees of separation from you, brackets shagwise. Yep. You will have to fight her for the orcs. Oh yeah chain smoker brackets smoking is bad and also she uses mental filters yeah and seven minute voice notes not for the weak of heart yeah I which we send this. to each other um, if you think fem fm is long like we wake up to fem fms from each other every day <laughs> yeah that's why we like, like my favorite podcast is my morning voice note from me but i'll listen to your voice notes still on the edge of my seat because you'll be like so i just went to tesco I'm like what did you get what did you, what did you get what was the walk like? Did you see anyone? It's a four-minute walk to my desk, but I'm going to tell you about the details. I saw a bug. <laughs> what was on the pros and cons of dating me? Right, pros. We'll show you very cool music. Um, incredible back. Um, I've got pins. <laughs> we'll get you little handmade cards celebrating any minor achievement. I won't get them. I'll make, make them. Make them, yeah. 
Uh, jingle jangle when she walks. So many fun accessories, very satisfying. Oh, it's lovely. ASMR. <laughs> I can't do any cup on anyone because I just am <laughs> like, hi. Yeah, you'll hear her before you see her. Um, and then I put, did I mention her huge buns? Um, cons, terrifyingly competitive, colon, do not play Scrabble with her. Um, no guys play Scrabble with me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have made it a rule that we can't play Scrabble together because I think it will end up. No our one will play Scrabble with me twice. Everyone's like, haha, yeah, let's play it because you clearly love it. And then I'll be like, let's go again then. <laughs> like, no. no, you're screaming at me. There's a table been flipped. We've been kicked out of the cafe. I used to work at a board game cafe, which was carnage. Yeah, I can imagine being such in close, like in such close vicinity to mm. something that's so destructive for you. It's like a crack addict working in a Crack den. <laughs> um, I said, good luck trying to meet up with her for a date. She cannot navigate. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, she like cannot navigate. But I put, but she's dyspraxic, so don't make fun of her. Mm-hmm. Um, I also said, cannot be trusted. Sees dates as a chance to practice improv skills. Open brackets, yes, and close brackets. Ah, love improving on love dates. Improv- <laughs> it's when you told me that you went to a party and you put on this terrible Scottish accent and convinced yeah. the Glaswegian that you were from Glasgow. Oh, that was really bad because he was like, so where are you from? And I was like, Glasgow. <laughs> but then he was like, no way, me too. And so then I couldn't like <laughs> drop the bit. And I ended up, oh, I thought I was from Balamori because I panicked. It was such a long, ongoing conversation. That's brilliant. Uh, incredible. Right, should we play another tune? Let's play another tune. Oh, this is such a good song. <clears throat> so oh, this is God, another pick of song. mine. Uh, the sun is once again shining down on us for Femme this yeah, week. Yeah, we've been blessed. We've been so blessed. The gods love Femme mm-hmm. So I'm playing one of my favourite sunny day songs today. It is Montego Bay by No Name featuring Raven Linnae from her 2018 album Rim 25. Oh. No name. No I don't. Name. There's nothing I need to say about no yeah, name. Yeah, we bonded over her for like, like one no of the artists name. that we really like. Just bonded. an absolute powerhouse of a human being. Oh my god! Just we made eye contact once when I saw her live. Um, we're in love. Just like, what did I write in my my notes? Say no name. Bra- brackets. Chai Town big pussy music activist legend. That's exactly I, what I she is. She's a Chicago-based singer, rapper, and her music is just so incredible. Just really like hits to the heart of Point like so many different things. Yeah, she speaks so beautifully about black womanhood, about like feminist issues. She sings about personal experiences she's had with like abortion and religion and breakups and love and loss. And she's just the most beautiful soul who makes the most incredible music. And, and she has another coming out this year. I'm so excited. Oh my God. I cannot tell you because Room 25 is her last album. I didn't realize until we were looking at it today. Seven years ago? No. Um, five, 20, it came out in 2018. That's I'm doing the maths on my fingers right now. That's five years. Five years ago. Wow. No new no name for five years. We have um, our work playlist. We have like some no name songs in there. And whenever it's like quiet or I'm bored, I'll just like put them to the top of the queue. Just no name, no name, just no name. Just the most back incredible woman. No Names Book Club, also so worth checking oh out. Oh my God, it's so sick. Especially if you want to get into more like black political theory based reading. Like Absolutely. such a great starting point. Just the most incredible person in the world. And featuring on this song, another Femme Femme favourite, oh, Raven Lene. 
whose like ethereal, dreamy R and B vocals are just such a like lovely complement to this yeah. track. Because it's like quite a lot of rapping from No Name, and then these beautiful vocals from Raven and A, which makes it so floaty. She has, bouncy. I'll say it, like one of the best voices in R and B right now. Incredible easily. voice. Raven Lene is also just, we'll definitely play her soon. She's just an incredible musician as well. So different to No Name, but complement each other really well. And she's also from Chicago. Chicago yeah. One thing about No Name is that she really likes to highlight Chicago-based artists. Absolutely. Most features on her albums will be Chicago-based artists. And this song, Montego Bay, is a pun, which I love. It's a Jamaican pun, which I double love. Because Montego Bay, obviously popular tourist destination in Jamaica, but it's spelt bay like B-A-E. B-A-E, bay. <laughs> and it's literally just about like fancying this Jamaican guy. But it's just I, it's just the most like bouncy, musical like. These cats were cooking when Those they made this. Those cats were cooking. God damn. I had the pleasure of seeing this song live. And this is the song that they did the band breakdown for. Where it's like, and thank you to my drummer and my bassist. And standing there hearing the instrumentals for this song was such a joyous moment oh, for me. Imagine. So, on this sunny day, it might not be a sunny day for you, but close your eyes, you're here with us in my room on this sunny, sunny day, listening to Montego Bay by No Name and Raven Lene. I think I really want to go someday. So he gon' fuck me like I'm Oprah Classy bitch only use a coaster Now I'm swimming in the money with a ducky too Reading Toni Morrison and a nigga canoe Cause a bitch really bout her freedom Cause a bitch sucking dick in a new Adidas And yes and yes I'm problematic too And yes and yes I lick him up Oh yes I really do Protection is a wave wave Cause we be open too Jamaica thank you for my baby I'm in love with you I 
acapella FM. <laughs> Should we do that for a week where we just do all the songs ourselves? <laughs> Please. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. And cats and boots. Yeah. yeah. I think I really want it. <laughs> I think it'll go well. I think that'll sound really I think we've good. got our new cold open. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Acapella Femme FM. What time is it, Sades? I feel like... Do you feel like giving some, like, really... Ow! Oh, Aha! I'm in agony! Auntie's here. <laughs> it's time for our agonising aunties. Time for some really ill-advised advice. So, as a reminder, on at fem.fm on Instagram this week we put up a link for you guys to send anonymous Q&A questions so that we could give you some terrible terrible advice and the question that we chose to answer this week is one that really spoke to both of us for sure um I'm probably gonna put a panorama filter on this just for fun anyway yeah, I think even we they're anonymous I think it's good dear fem fm how do you release a lot of pent-up rage and anger towards a variety of different people? Dot, dot, dot. Worried I might smash a random person's car one day. Real. real. So, so real. real. Um, I uh, go for it. Smash the car. So I think the, like, real core of this issue is rage mm-hmm. and managing, like, pent-up anger. Yeah, and also just, like, quote-unquote controlling regulating emotions do you know what I mean I feel very qualified to talk about this right now because some fun behind the scenes God. gossip from this episode is yeah. that I had to take a 10 minute break <laughs> about 5 minutes into recording because of rage rage I'm dealing with the worst landlord in the world at the moment and it's so rage inducing mm-hmm. really anyone are. that's ever dealt with a landlord especially a student landlord I'm not even a student anymore no we're gonna go into this later like landlords being shitty but like it just they are infuriating suffice to say I was so filled with rage that we had to take a quick break earlier um so my best suggestion for dealing with pent up rage is chain smoke chain smoking yeah a cigarette and some sunshine solves everything my parents might listen to this is fresh air fixes everything. Fresh air fixes everything. Sunshine. Um, no, I mean it's not. You know that's not great advice, but that is my genuine advice. It's one of the healthier coping mechanisms yeah, for on the sure. spectrum. I think there's something to be said. I know everyone says this, and it's a lot easier like said than done. But like channeling your rage into something quote unquote productive or enjoyable, mm. or like you drum. Um, yeah, this is when we found this question. I said that's probably what I would talk about this week because for me, especially as someone who's dyspraxic it always surprises people when I say that I'm a drummer because it's mm. actually quite a lot of motor coordination, coordination as well yeah but as someone who's always had like a lot of repressed energy that's always something that's come naturally to me is with drums you can really just like let loose and you're just moving your arms about and making big bangy bangs things yeah it honestly for me is so calming to drum if I'm feeling a bit angry because you get to feel like you're releasing something in a way where you can actually hear it oh yeah for sure instrument, I guess. when i was a kid uh, when i was younger i was um a lot more mentally ill than i am now really? um and i have played the cello since i was six and um i always found that 
when I was like practicing it's different I think from drumming because the way I was because I was classically trained mm. it's a lot more like controlled um, technique based but I think when you're focusing on something yeah channeling stuff into control is also yeah every effective. thought would go away mm. every thought would go away and I'd just be focused on god damn why can't I get this right or like yeah um, I want this to sound the best it can sound I'm going to perfect this and there's something I know it's kind of like a distract and move on thing but it's also a case of like I am feeling some type of way and I'm going to soothe myself by like immersing myself in music and my own skills and doing something productive for me and it calms me because when you're so focused on it and I find that with music a lot it blocks everything out even if it's not an instrument I think the like general premise of doing something that you find creatively immersive yes, is such exactly. a good way to deal with like anger even if it doesn't necessarily tackle it in the long term do a doodle write yeah, there's down that, there's how that you page feel. in your sketchbook where every word every page is like rage rage oh. rage <laughs> rage rage <laughs> Look at the I, section that sketchbook where you go. We were at, we were at a coffee shop doing a meeting oh for God. this. Yeah, and Sadie was flipping through her sketchbook because the like, thing what about was me that? it was like black with like rage written in the middle and red scribbles. I just started a new notebook today. My sketchbooks are literally my lifeline because oh, I take yeah. it to work. I make my work notes in there. I schedule in there. I do my art in there. So it does make me look mental in any given context when I'm oh like, God, yeah. I just arrived to this. I literally got to a like job interview recently where I had to turn through the pages that were like, rage, rage, rage. I'm sorry, I'm just getting my notes. <laughs> but like it is, it's, and also having something's kind of like, look at like when I find when you write down your like things mm. that like are pissing you off, things are a lot, um, easier to like process when you can see like as long as if you can fit all your worries on a sticky note you're, you're okay well it's like my housemate and I do a full moon ritual every full moon where we write down on one piece of paper three things that we want to bring into our lives mm -hmm. and three things we want to get rid of and the ones we want to get rid of we burn them we burn the little piece of paper and honestly that is a very cathartic way to like look at something you don't want to see on fire it's gone and disintegrate yeah it's kind of it, it sounds like silly being like i'm looking at a piece of paper burning but like if you have that visual of the thing that you wrote down pen to paper Should and seeing that? it go do that with cigarettes just get a rizzler right down three things you want to get rid of and smoke, and smoke it. it for sure get like ink in me um <laughs> one thing that i do um and this is genuinely good advice in my opinion scream into your pillow mm. I love screaming so Can't ask me if I needed to do that earlier. Yeah, I'll text my housemates being like, hey, I'm not being like murdered. Um, I'm just screaming into my pillow, don't worry about me. And they're like, calm, cool, go ahead. Um, Although another part of this question was specifically, how do you release a lot of pent up rage and anger towards like a variety of people in yeah. particular? We've worked Which in is hospital, a whole other issue. Like you deal with the worst kind of people at the hospital. It's hard to like smile and be like, Everything's but also, fine. rage from like specific people is yeah. this whole other thing. Oh my god! Because there are people that it's it's easy when like someone's fucked you over to let yourself be angry about it for for years to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, how do you let go of that? Now, you're a Taurus. You hold a grudge like no one else. Oh, fuck no I one else I know. Um, if I see cats, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's very easy to like kind of work yourself up and be like everyone else is shit and I'm 
correct about everything. I think one part of it, and this might, I don't know if this is gonna sound like patronizing, but I think you kind of have to remember that everyone is like a flawed human being. And like, mm. I find it, when I get anxious, like, you know when you hang out with a group of friends, you go home and you're like, oh my God, I was so annoying. Yeah. Uh, they all hate me now. Yeah. And like, that. people get, we, we annoy each other all the time. Like we f- frustrate each other all the time. Yeah, but that's friendship. Like, yeah, you have to remind yourself that people like do annoying shit. People are annoying sometimes. Um, but even the people that you love the most ever can be annoying. But it's hard sometimes to extend that kind of empathy to people you feel have wronged you. Yes, I got some really interesting advice once, which I don't know that I fully agree with, but is definitely an interesting way to contextualize anger which was, I was at a meditation session. Side note, did not go well. I'm never meditating again. <laughs> I got told I had interrupted the meditation of the people next to me because I fidgeted too much. But the guy said, if someone annoys me, I invent them a backstory where something sad happened to them. Oh my them. God. <laughs> he was kind of like reminding yourself that people are people. He gave the backstory. He was like, someone cut me off in traffic. So I decided to tell myself that he was on his way to the hospital because blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, in, in one realm, that is such a thick layer of delusion to live under that yeah. it might not be healthy. But if you take that advice more generally, which is remember everyone's a human being and dealing with their own stuff. Yeah. It makes it easier to deal with like day to day anger. Absolutely. Because like you said, we've both worked in hospital. Customers are the worst. Sometimes you have to tell yourself like, maybe that customer that called me a fucking cunt because (laughs) we were out of ketchup. You know, his mum was killed by a pot of ketchup. (laughs) Exactly. It's hard, and I feel, I, I have a kind of an issue of being like, especially as women, um, having to kind of quote-unquote regulate and control your emotions. Like, sometimes mm. I don't want to control my emotions. Sometimes I want to just be pissed off. Um, and you'll never be viewed in the same way as a man who feels free to let his rage take centre stage. Yeah. Like, you know those um, TikToks where it's, like, best acting performances of all time and it's just men yelling? Yeah. Like... <laughs> How about now? Are you still worried in? <laughs> I'm Sorry, my prod is at the cleaners. Along with my hoodie and my fuck, fuck you, you flip-flops, you pretentious douchebag. Banging film. Oh, so good. Yeah, if you're angry, just, like, recite that scene in the mirror. I've done that before, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good coping Yeah, mechanism. it's pretty good. Sometimes monologues from films. This is also really douchey, but sometimes I read really long poems, like, as a, like, calming down coping mechanism. Oh, okay, that's kind of good. Like, really long ones, like, there's a song called The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which is a T.S. Eliot poem, and it's, like, 50 minutes long if you read it out loud. And by the time I get to the end... I'm like, I emoted so much during that. Yes. I better. Although, I guess the last part of this question is, like, specific rage. How do you deal with being angry at... In my mind, I'm contextualising that as there is someone that's wronged me. How do I deal with the anger of that without letting it, like... Without being violent. my life? And I feel like the only answer to that is the is the long way round, which is that you have to learn how to let that anger go. You have to sit with it as well. Mm. Because if you're feeling some type of way about anything, it's all well and good to be like, distract, distract, distract. 
Um, but in order to process something and let it go, you have to feel it to its full extent. Mm, you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You have to you go, have through, to go it, girly. through it, You have to go through it. And I think that's so hard and scary because rage can be quite a scary mm. feeling because you feel yourself craving a violence that you like don't want to associate with yourself. Yeah, I guess a big part of the answer to this question is actually it's okay to have yeah. that anger. You have to let yourself have it. Otherwise, it's not going to... You will end up smashing someone's car in if you don't let yourself feel it. Yeah, and I think once you let yourself feel it, that's the only way where it's going to then become minimised. Yeah. Anger is a process like any other emotion. There are things that I'll be angry about that I will, in a way, have healed from that will still make you angry sometimes. When you think of them, think yeah. Of it. But I guess forgiving not only the thing that's made you angry but yourself for, for being angry period is all you can do yeah let yourself be mad girl be like um what's the film uh like pearl or xx or x you're the one with um me naming pawns the first one is about porn it's so those female rage edits you get on tiktok of women screaming like i'm a star ah. please i'm a star yeah that that's me- um that's pearl <laughs> please i'm a star exactly don't get high. Yeah, I'm <laughs> wait wait hang on you say that bit don't please i'm a star <laughs> i'm a star please, please i'm a star <laughs> God, we give good advice. No. <laughs> yeah. Quite like to sum up, let yourself be angry in order to get over your anger. It's okay to be Sit angry. And then it's okay to forgive, even though that's the hardest bit. It's it's so easy to be like, well, have you ever tried just forgiving them? Oh, forgiveness is actually so hard. Oh. Forgiveness is so hard. I'd like to touch on that. Um, if anyone wants to just submit an agony out question about forgiveness, then we'll talk about it. Do <laughs> you have any forgiveness qualms? I have this podcast co-host who I'm really struggling <laughs> to forgive. Mad. I think you should forgive him. Yeah, I guess to sum up the advice we gave about dealing with pent-up anger before it eats you alive, chain smoke, play an instrument, be creative, feel the anger, burn forgive paper. them, forgive yourself, burn some stuff. Scream into a pillow. And scream into a pillow. Nice. Oh, that wraps great. up today's segment of Agonizing aunties. aunties. Good at the steam tune stuff, are we? She quite jingles for a living. And I believe we now have a song from you, Kat. We do. I have a song um, by um, Maya Mansa. The song I've chosen is Sirens. It is from her 2022 EP, Third Degree. She is an LA based vocalist, producer, and visual artist. Um, I found her on TikTok. The reason I found her on TikTok is because she posts these videos of her playing the accordion. Accordion? Yes, and you think of accordion as like, I used this last episode, honky chonk, correct? Mm, honky chonk. But she uses accordion in such a beautiful way, and I chose this song because, like, two minutes into it, there's this, like, beautiful accordion-like um, wall of sound that just kind of makes me feel like a knife's being twisted in my chest in a beautiful way. Ooh. Um my Mansa is really, really cool. Um, she toured with Mary Lambert as a backing vocalist. So she's like opened for like Ariana Grande. Um, who else has she opened for? Um, 
did I, Taylor Swift maybe? She's opened for some pretty big artists um, as a backing singer, but now she's been doing solo stuff oh, since 2018. Um, I really enjoy her music because she's so openly queer in the stuff she writes songs about. Um, this song, it's called Sirens, and like I guess you'll kind of hear it. It has this like vocal chant in the middle that kind of sounds like ongoing sirens. And once you reach this like accordion bit, you're just gonna feel real, real emotional. Um, I love the song. I think it's beautiful. Um, we spoke about this last episode as well about finding artists through TikTok. I think TikTok's a really sick platform for like kind of unconventional musicians. Like yeah. the accordion being used in such a cool way is so sick. It's such a double-edged sword because it's so like shit that artists feel like they can't promote their music if they don't have TikTok. But yeah, also, absolutely. When they promote them, well, it's so cool. To when find it kicks them. off, but it's also hard to like um, kind of maintain that relevance. Like you'll mm. have a viral video and a viral song. It's like where do we go from here? Mm. Um, that's what we're here for we see cool shit and we continue to promote it um yeah this song is um extremely beautiful I hope you guys like it um and I check out my man's other stuff she's super cool um I check out her Instagram she speaks a lot about like being queer in America being a queer woman in America um and yeah um this is Sirens by my man's I hope you guys like it You give and you give up, you give and you give up.
sad. It's sad. really made me look at accordions in a whole new. I couldn't believe that was accordion. It sounds like violins. And the thing mm. about accordions, which is so cool, is like in order to get that kind of sound with like say a string instrument, um, you'd have to have multiple or like record do a bunch of recordings. But because accordions have like a keyboard on them, you can get chords out of like one mm. thing. It's like compression of air. It just it's such a sick such a sound. difficult instrument, but so cool. Oh god, I've. I mean, you said you tried to play it once. Yeah, because my uncle plays accordion. So hard. So just difficult. to hold it. Just, it's heavy as mm. shit. It's heavy as shit. It reminds me of, like, bagpipes. It's mental. There was something... Oh, who's, who's moving about? Curse is in the toilet. Curse in the toilet. <laughs> Can you see him? I can't see him, no. Well, it's like the idea that he might be able to hear us. Poor Curtis. He listened... He, Curtis is my housemate. He listened to the <laughs> show last week and was like, oh, I, I heard what you said about me on Hinge on FemFM last week. <laughs> Sorry, Curtis. Should you know actually you. And we've got a new segment today, which is a surprise to all of us, and especially to the subject of today's new segment, One, one Minute Interview! interview. For today's one minute interview, with exactly zero seconds of notice, <laughs> we've got friend of the show, Sadie's housemate, my former housemate, my former housemate two years before that as well, two time housemate of yours, two time housemate, one time straight white man friend of the show, we've got Curtis Jacobs! Woo! The crowd goes wild! Get a minute timer <laughs> up on the clock. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Fine, I literally should be working right now. Uh, who cares? Um, it's only a minute. Three, two, one, go. So, Curtis, thank you so much for joining us today. What's your favourite song by a female artist? Oh, God, don't put me on the spot like this. And um, who would you say your favourite female was? Yeah, who's your favourite woman? It's out of you two. And oh, no, name mother. ten women. <laughs> name ten women. Ten? You two, uh, Bjork, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Obama. Nice. Don't. My mother, my grandmother, two, both of my grandmothers. Uh, nice. One's called Edna, one's called Dawn. I have two aunts, Auntie Karen, Auntie Julia. One more woman, please. Um, we have 20 seconds left, by the way. I have 20 seconds left. Oh, I'm calm. I don't know, Sudan Archives. No, now no. rank those women. <laughs> <laughs> From favourite to least favourite. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> and what's your favourite colour? Oh, like dark purple. Favourite flavour of Monster? I don't drink Monster. Personal motto? I don't know. Time is done, time is done, time is done. I think Thanks so I much for coming on the show, Curtis. Motto. It is my personal motto. That wasn't an I don't know. I don't know is my personal motto. Yeah. Your, time, your time is now up. Thanks. Thanks, boss. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys. And that closes today's <laughs> segment of One Minute Interview. One interview. Oh, poor boy. Thanks so much to our special guest, Curtis Jacob. Friend of the show, friend of the friend show. Friend of the show. If you want a chance to be <laughs> on the one interview section of the show, ask for my number. We will give you about 30 seconds of warning. We might just turn up at your house. <laughs> you never know. So, as you remember, last week when we discussed pop culture, we like to divide it in half based on the core criteria of if it was a sleigh or if it was a flop. flop. 
Um, are we going to start with our sleighs or our flops at the We're moment? starting with our sleighs. Last time we did the same thing. And yeah, the flops kind of put us in a bad mood at the end. But also, um, we've got some like really cool songs afterwards. And I also want to start with the sleighs. Because I think the most important thing for both of us personally that has happened um, since last recording is... Don't worry, we will talk about both that of us, For both of us, it's the trailer for the new Hunger Games prequel. Don't. Oh, oh. my god, A Ballad of Songbirds and but. Snakes coming out in November. Slow number one of the week is the trailer for the new Hunger Games film. Anyone who knows me knows that I am obsessed with the Hunger Games. Like borderline, borderline crazy vibes. It's not borderline. I listen to the Hunger Games audiobooks every night when I go to sleep. You you watch Hunger Games lore videos. I have the Hunger Games Catching Fire movie companion book on the (laughs) coffee table in the living room. It's it's because it's not a film; it's a lifestyle. Like, everyone needs a childhood franchise to grip onto. I, this isn't universal. I need a franchise to grip onto. And when I was a kid, it was Harry Potter. And J.K. Rowling is just the worst. So as, a, as a young tween. As a young tween. Did you read the books, like, when they came out? Mm-hmm. When you were, like, 13, 14? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and my friends had, like, a basically a Hunger Games fan club, and we Aww. used to talk about Hunger Games all the time. We would have been such good we mates We would have been such good mates in school. <laughs> you would have so loved it. I always say to Kat that I think we would have become friends at whatever age we met at. People used to call me, people used to call me Catnip because of Hunger Games. No way! Yeah, it was, people used to call me Catnip and also Cat Piss. Um, Cat Piss Evergreen was the name nice, that was used, nice. um, which yeah. I love. Basically, love the Hunger Games fucking love the Hunger Games I was trying not to swear but I just can't I love the Hunger Games too much and the adverts come out for the new prequel film so what is the the prequel is set in like the the 10th annual Hunger Games the first televised Hunger Games it follows a young President Snow it follows a young President Snow in the 10th Hunger Games when I'm about to be so embarrassing no I love I love I love I'm gonna put a timestamp for when you can just skip to the end of this <laughs> yeah fair enough but so in the Hunger Games when we join them in Katniss's Hunger Games it's the 74th they're very established but in the Hunger Games prequel A Tale of Songbirds and Snakes Next. it's the 10th Hunger Games and the Hunger Games are still very new and at this point the Hunger Games are still held in an arena where like spectators watch live yeah and they're very quick like a day or two max and because there aren't enough victors from previous games, because it's only the 10th one, they instead have capital students. The capital is like the big dystopian bad guy city that's in charge. Yeah. They have capital students mentor the tributes, such as the man who would go on to become President Snow. Yeah. Who mentors the... District 12 female District tributes. Her name Lucy. Lucy Greybeard. But I know you don't care about. I know that what you care about is that Viola Davis served cunt oh in the trailer. My God. She looks so she good. Looks, she's playing the game maker for the tenth Hunger Games. Like everyone <sighs> that plays like someone from the capital in the Hunger good. Games films looks like they just finished with a day at CSM where they yeah. study textiles. Absolutely. But they slay. Like they Effie slay. Trinket. Effie Trinket icon. is me. Like, and you know, Viola like, Davis in this film is giving Effie. And then Hunter Shafe is in it. Hunter Shafe is playing in it. Yeah. Tigress. I don't know if, you, if you've seen the original films. <laughs> no, not you. I mean, I'm not to you to the audience. The listeners. Um. Yeah, so by the original films run, this is a woman who's like completely 
genetically modified in a way to look like a tiger um and it's snow's cousin played by the amazing hunter shaver um peter dinklage is in it playing the guy who came up with the hunger games uh which is really cool um the visuals are also just so exciting because it's so cool to see what is a dystopian film with like weirdly retro 50s vibes yeah Yeah, exactly because it's it's like the hunger games in the current films are like high tech everything's on a screen and here it's so funny because it's like here are some kids fighting to the death but it's on an analogue TV <laughs> in a sand pit basically yeah, yeah. it's so, like oh, the aesthetics of it are just so exciting I to me I love a prequel I love getting lore and backstory lore and backstory you get to see President the Snow turn from a teenager into like this cold calculating villain that we know and hate I'm such a nerd about the world building of the Hunger Games. I find it so fascinating. It's really cool as well. Because it's like, ooh, so what are all these traditions that emerged at the start of the Hunger Games that saw children fight to the death for the next Like, how did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited! It's going to be amazing. When this comes out, we may do, like, because we're so obsessed... We may have to do like a whole dissection of the film. I'm so serious. I'm booking off work to go midnight, to midnight viewing. viewing. It's on my sure. half birthday. Um, I suggested at first like going dressed up as like tributes, <laughs> but then I was like, no, don't be stupid. We're gonna go dress up as capital people. Yeah. And the people behind us in the cinema are gonna be so annoyed because we're gonna be wearing we massive see. hats, <laughs> massive like flamboyant hats. I'm gonna serve so much kind for <coughs> the Hunger Games prequel film. It's insane. Yeah, what, what are you guys wearing to the Hunger Games prequel? <laughs> I'm so dead serious like like yeah this is not a this is my Met Gala incredible we have another sleigh we'll talk about the Met Gala later but I have a really good segue so I don't want to like um you know it's a good segue when you start it off by saying I've got really good I've got a really good segue but before we talk about the Met Gala I want to talk about something that I think is a really fun sleigh in like the internet zeitgeist at the moment um, which is like this new trend um, on like TikTok of like positivity posting mm, and like TikTok slideshows, TikTok slideshows and a hope core and all this stuff. Because I, I don't know if you guys were like chronically online when you were fourteen or had Tumblr, but the whole thing then was like romanticizing being really fucking miserable. Mm. Um, and it, I think it contributed to me being really fucking miserable, especially at that. Small age, developing brain. When you're brain. impressionable like that, and everything you're seeing around you is like, it's so sexy to be depressed. Yeah. Effie from Skins. Oh my god. And now, um, when you're really dealing with stuff, it it, it just doesn't encourage you. It does encourage you, and it doesn't really make you want to get better. Whereas I think there's some real cute. My favorite ones are the ones of like little animals just living their lives. Have you seen Toad and Frog? Toad and Frog. Toad and Frog is so us. They're just these two little dudes who are friends. Yeah. And like the idea of like appreciating the little things and romanticizing your day to day life and sitting in the sunshine and loving your friends. Toad and Frog is so us coded. And like I think it's really nice that the internet, at least the side that I get on my TikTok view Mm. page, is like turning into a more positive light and encouraging people to kind of see the beauty around them and to be kind it's cool to try and look after your brain now which is fun I think 14 year olds now aren't seeing that it's like really cool miserable sexy to be absolutely unhinged to want to kill yourself like it's not the vibe actually it's cool to seek mental health support and solace in others and to 
like look at positive messaging and try and put that out into the what world. What was the really insightful thing I said on our bland break earlier? Oh, um, yeah, I was saying about how life gets a lot more enjoyable when you take the step to decide to like yourself. Mm. Living hating yourself is the most miserable thing I ever did, and I did it for so many years of my life. And like in the past few years, I've really, I just was like, you know what, I'm a fucking person. I'm gonna make mistakes, I'm gonna feel some types of way. And I'm gonna let myself do that and I'm gonna be nice to myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna be yeah. soft and gentle with myself. As you should be. I'm gonna forgive myself, I'm gonna love myself, I'm gonna let myself live. And I'm you know, I'm gonna see the goodness in myself and take it for granted. Not not take it for granted, take it at face value. And it's nice that that's more what online messaging is telling us these days. You see it in advertising, you see it in like more inclusivity. As much as we're all way too chronically online now, it's nice to see that some of that stuff trends towards upbeat, yeah, nice uplifting imaging and messaging. Life is so much better <clears throat> when you like yourself. Well, then me and Kat are quite like <laughs> me and Kat do make fun of the posts that are like <laughs> friendships and like, like oranges. oranges. I had an orange, and she had an orange, and we split the orange in our hands, and we peeled the orange. A fruit made for sharing, and I fed her orange peel. And there was pit in my teeth, and it was really annoying. But oranges are beautiful, and I'm beautiful, and life is beautiful. And I planted the orange seed, and the orange tree blossomed. It's kind of stunning in a way, but it's jokes. Like it's hilarious. If you want us to write you a poem, you know. Yeah, we're there. taking commissions. Um, we can co-write them. We'll just take a word each. And now I think it's time to move on to what is going to be our heftiest sleigh of the week. I'm going to be really annoying moment. for a little bit, guys. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I am um, fashion fiend. A fashion fiend. I have a passion for fashion. If and I could week, like start my life again, uh, I would work in fashion. Um, and this week, although obviously at the time of recording, it was this week. Last week was 2023's Met Gala. First Monday in May, baby. What and was the theme the of theme this The theme was Karl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty. If you all don't know who Karl Lagerfeld is, um, he died in 2019. He was the creative director of Chanel, Chloe, Fendi, his own name brand. He was an innovator in fashion. Also, uh, not a nice person, like an open fat foe, but like, open, like, openly classist. A lot of bad things, but... Fundamentally, an innovator. The case with a lot of people in fashion. Absolutely, like a nasty piece of work. Um, the theme was the dress code was um, in honor of Carl, dress in honor of Carl. And I'm going to be honest with you, girlies, I was not expecting it to be good, especially after the kind of very flawed executions of the past two years. Camp um, was one of the best themes and the worst executions. The Gilded Glamour wasn't executed very well. With a theme as on the nail as Karl Lagerfeld and it's Chanel specific. having such a strong brand identity, it was pretty hard for people to go off theme. The runway theme was basically tweed slash black and white. Um, and people delivered. I've got some highlights that I want to talk about. Um, I know this is a podcast and you won't actually be able to see them. But um, Google the names with us. As we, we can Google images. Lane. Um, Dua Lipa, who was co-chairing the event. Um, was I was she? actually, yes. Um, I was very surprised to see a Chanel bride look so early on. If you don't know what Chanel brides are, um, at the end of Chanel shows, um, 
the Chanel bride was the last model to walk the runway and they'd always walk out with Carl. And um, Dua Lipa is wearing this beautiful corseted tweed gown that was originally worn in 1992 by Claudia Schiffer as that year's, um, or that collection's Chanel bride. She looks absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, the good thing about Ooh. this Met Gala was there was a lot of like sustainability going on because there's going to be a lot of archive Chanel pieces when you're doing tributes to Karl Lagerfeld. Um, God, I'm boring myself. No, keep I going. love fashion and the I just thing talk about, about it. It's, I love looking at the spectacle of things like Met Gala, but I'm very... I'll look at it on Twitter the next day. And I love talking to Kat about these things because she will have watched it live and she can yeah. tell me everything Every and detail. has encyclopedic knowledge. I do. Um, I'm annoying about it and it's okay. Um, I want to talk about Harris Reed, who dressed Ashley Graham uh, in this beautiful recreation of a Chanel 80s gown. Um, absolutely flawless. Um, I will say, um, usually with the Met Gala, the men kind of just wear... Um, oh, the men turned out this year. They just kind of wear boring suits, but they looked really good. Conan Gray and Bolman with this because a lot of the time man. it's a man in a tux and it's very boring. But we had some really good looks from men this year. Yeah, it was very good. Um, who else was well dressed? I'm trying to find um, who it was. Can we talk about Jared Leto's? I'm doing that outfit. later. I was going to. Oh, do that is later. that going to be in the? <laughs> yeah, like I have opinions. Okay, so, so just know the Met Gala will be separated into sleighs and flops. Yes. So we will be so coming good. back to this. Um, For a sleigh, Michaela Cole's look in was Scaparelli. Gorgeous. Yeah, it was custom Scaparelli, looking absolutely beautiful. Love to see a black woman in a natural hairstyle at a high, like high fashion fancy event as well. Absolutely stunning. Yep, it was incredible. So beautiful. We had Anok Yoy. I don't know who she was wearing, but it was this beautiful like gold. Oh yes, I was obsessed with With this her. brown gauze sunglasses thing. Um, Devon Aoki, um, who was a Carl Lagerfeld muse. She was a Chanel bride. She was in a lot of Chanel shows. Wore a look designed by Jeremy Scott um, with angel wings on, referencing a look that she wore as a, um, as a Chanel bride. Anne motherfucking Hathaway. Oh, Anne Hathaway, the fucking oh, queen. She just gets All better of you, better. man, coming back round to Anne Hathaway. We know you were hating on her for years. We Everyone know. always has a problem with her, but I... Anne that's Hathaway, my princess. ride or die. That's my princess diaries, princess. When I knew the theme was going to be Karl Lagerfeld, I was expecting to see a lot of tweed gowns and tweed in places where tweed shouldn't be. Um, this was tweed done correctly. And the fact that it's Versace as well, um, it's kind of like a nod to classic Versace with the gold safety pins like the Liz Taylor iconic black dress this is perfect Versace does Karl Lagerfeld it's got the um the flowers the Cornelia flowers that were a Chanel staple um it's got the tweed it looks very light and beautiful her hair looks gorgeous the, as well. the beautiful sexy updo the choker it's styled Hard perfectly to that a few years ago she shaved it all off for lameness oh god she just a dream and then stunning. time gone by um I have to talk about Doja Cat Oh, I'm obsessed. The other thing that I love about the Met Gala is obviously the fashion, but you get so many fun little memeable culture moments. Yeah, that's also why I like it. I'm it obsessed also with, with Doja Cat just vaping at the back of the Met vaping Gala. Vaping at the interview, it's so She's good. just like me for real. Carl Lagerfeld's cat, Choupette. Um, he had a weird relationship with his cat. He said in a 2013 oh. interview that if he could marry his cat, he would. Hmm. Um... He fucked the cat for sure. Um, Shane Dawson boys. Um, 
so we were, Lil Nas X dressed up as a cat as well, and so did Jared Leto, but we'll touch on that. Um, but Doja's cat. Doja's like, cat. Google it. Google it right now. Google Doja Met Gala if you haven't seen it already. It was her Met Gala debut, and this is how you do it. I she wears a lot of Scaparelli, who's one of my favorite designers, and they recently did a collection with these like faux fur dresses with animal busts on the chest. I thought that she would wear one of those with Choupette on the chest. Instead, she was Choupette with a prosthetic um, cat face on in this beautiful custom Oscar de Laurenta gown. She looks like Horton heard a who and she was like, yeah, it's me. He heard me. He I'm heard me and I'm slaying and serving She's got like special effect. It's mental. I love like the way that Doja's been putting out looks recently. She's a fashion Because for the start girl. of her career, I think you could tell she felt so much pressure to be like, especially if you're a black woman who's making music there's so much pressure to look a certain femme desirable way and in the last year you can tell she's felt more comfortable making these really bold massive fashion, fashion statements like she shaved her head she'll do full face all color makeup the red chaparral she did yeah. lashes as a mustache incredible i love the way that doja makes these crazy fashion when she looks. hosted the VMAs had those giant shoes I forget the designer of those shoes but they were like these she was wearing this um, massive coat and these giant alien feet I um, love I love her and you're right it does kind of like challenge ideas of what it means to be a, a woman celebrity or a woman in pop or a woman in music and a woman doing treat, fashion because people like Doja fell off she used to be so fine but she's tweeted like why do you care why do you care I'm just living my life I look sick obsessed obsessed I um, my own heart incredible the best designer of the night who stood out to me was Tom Brown I'm a massive fan of Tom Brown he dressed Jenna Ortega he dressed um, Daniel Ricardo. he dressed um, Olivia Rodrigo he dressed Bella Ramsey but the best outfit of the night for me was the incredible iconic Janelle Monet. oh she she looks like the best possible version of a Christmas tree yes yeah, so she had the little shoe pet bag and she had a little reveal with these heavy ass coats. She took them off and had this like um, silver mesh, like checkered netting underskirt thing and these beautiful Tom Brown shoes. Um, the hair was incredible. The makeup was on point. Janelle Monet turns it out of the Met Gala every year. Her camp look was my favourite of mm. the year. And speaking of Janelle Monet. What's the next song that you've got for us today, Kat? God, that was right. It was a good segue, wasn't it? Such a good segue. <laughs> I'm playing a Janelle Monáe song. Um, I love Janelle Monáe. Um, she is like just the coolest person ever. She's so multifaceted. She does the fashion. She does the acting. She does the music. If you all haven't seen the new Knives Out film, she like plays the lead in it. Yeah, I've seen it. She's so good. Um, I don't like it as much as the original. No, me neither. But I love Janelle Monáe in it. She was really good. But she, last month, or in March, I think, released um, the first song that she's released, or the first new music she's released since 2021. Um, it's a song called Float. Um, and, like, this song... There's not much to say about this song because it feels like Janelle Monáe is now such an established artist. She's been going since, like, the 2010s. or oh, like. Wow. Like she's been doing it, she's been killing it for ages, just hit after hit. Um, she's established herself now as someone who does what they do and does it to like a level of expertise. And this song, um, Flow, is just about her being like, yeah, I'm hot shit and I know it. I don't walk like Flow. I just vibe through life. I go about life my way. I feel no pressure, feel no stress. It feels kind of like her victory lap. 
if that makes sense. What a nice way to describe that. Um, it's her being like, yeah, I'm back. I can do what I want. I'm good at what I do. Like, leave me be. You're welcome. You're welcome, period. I'm Janelle fucking She's Monet. Janelle Monet. Um, yeah, that's honestly all I really have to say about the song. It's so vibey. Um, she's just so sick. She killed the Met Gala. I love Janelle Monet. Um, yeah, this is quote by Janelle Monet. song has like loads of like brass in it mm. trumpet get me a fanfare 
It was giving, what's that song that's like, oh, it was giving Little Nas X. <gasps> yes, Industry Baby. Ago, the, it oh, is I just love like, that song. It's like, so, like so I'm portrayed. so majestic that I need a like parade. a marching band to find yes. around. Uh, I love it. There's a really fun thing that um, back at home at my parents, um, we have an Alexa and you can click... So you can say to your Alexa, Alexa, announce my entrance, and it'll Ooh. play a fanfare. And if you have like a smart car, you can um, connect it to like your GPS so that when your car is pulling into the drive, Alexa plays like an announcement that you've oh, arrived to the rest of the house. From us. I know. So you can like pull into the drive, and then everyone else in the house will be alerted to your arrival with a oh. fanfare. It's so stupid. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna bitch and moan for a little bit aren't we so unfortunately guys we've arrived to the section of our podcast where we talk about the flops of the moment i think we may as well finish up our met gala conversation with the flops of the met gala before we go on to the rest of our flops the main because flop i really want to like, talk about jared leto oh my outfit. god yeah the main <laughs> flop was jared leto he came in like a full fucking fursuit but it was a hyper realistic fursuit and it's terrifying because he actually looked like a massive kitten and like we already know but like check his hard drive Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like why is he doing that why is he there for a start the Matt Garlic invite list he's gonna say that he's he's still stuck in character from the Joker he's still character (laughs) acting right now he's like really immersed he took the method acting too far and became him it's like I'm actually in in character right now for another cat's revival. That's the thing. I saw somebody post on TikTok because there were so many cats. They were like, this isn't the Met Gala, this is the Jellica Ball. Soft Lord <laughs> the This is the Jellica Ball from Cats the Musical. Where is Andrew Lloyd Webber? Where was his invite? Um also men in suits. Um a lot of boring. There it's was so a lot of she's everything. You don't. Why pay that much money to go to a fashion event and wear a boring suit? Like boring. So you can hear Stay that. By the way. Oh, sorry, it's I'm okay. googling. It's okay. <laughs> Just wrote the word brainwashing in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what that means. Yeah, we was just saying how like the Met Gala, as fun as it is, and I, I love fashion in the way that like it's an art form I don't love the industry I actively despise the industry mm. I feel like big celebrity events like this are kind of just like a distraction from all the shit going on in the world mm. and it feels very out of touch to have all these people in these beautiful expensive garments then they're all talking to the interviewers like this took like 300 workers and 6,000 hours to make it's literally it's like, giving the capital it, the yeah. Hunger Games it is very much that. It does feel very dystopian. Um, I appreciate it from like an artistic point of view. Um, but it is uh, yet another, like, let's not think about the fact that the world is crashing around us. Let's look at pretty dresses. Do you know what? That brings else. us to our second flop point of the week, I think, which is the fact that here in England, the coronation of King Charles, the whatever, is next week. Um and frankly i couldn't give a shit yeah and it's so it's so wild to see to just be a person in the uk going about your business daily it's not even something that's really peripherally on anyone's mind because we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis and a recession i'm thinking about and so much like, taxpayer money is going on it but all, every advert ad, every advert will be like 
You eat your ice cream fit for a king. Drink a monster the royal way. Marlboro golds like the colour of the king's crown. I love Stacey Julie. <laughs> you're telling me that King Charles is getting coronated next That is week. so sad. That is, but it's, it's, it's like this wild idea to anyone that's not in the UK right now that it's something we're all really excited about is so terrifying and misleading. Yeah. Cause it, the in, mood is not good here. In one way, it's an inconvenience, but in another way... It's actually insane how many millions of pounds of taxpayer money is going into... A celebration of what? In the middle of, like, one of the worst recessions we've ever had and a cost-of-living crisis. There's a quote that I saw posted on Monroe Bergdorf's story I was story just going to say Monroe Bergdorf posted this. That I feel like really summarises this. She said, Dear rest of the world, don't be fooled by any propaganda you see coming out of the UK this weekend. The mood here is not jubilant, it is sour. England is a fascist nightmare where there are more food banks than branches of McDonald's. We don't want pageantry, we want affordable food and rent and bills. The timing of this coronation, with all its gold and bejeweled opulence, couldn't be more distasteful and sickening. It's unjustifiable and it's unwanted. If we're asking God to save anyone, it should be the 14.4 million people living in poverty, not the king. Tell them again. Mm. It's it's terrifying. We're in a really like scary time in the UK it's, right now. Yeah, it's terrifying to be an adult. Like, oh god, like we're in a relatively privileged position when you think about how shitty things are in the UK, but it's just so like rage invoking that this kind of money is going on the coronation when people are starving people are dying people can't afford to heat their homes let alone like have food to heat in their homes exactly it's insane but the royals it's also like king charles specifically didn't want to have a tailored down coronation was he given the option to he was very vocal about wanting it to be a grand coronation because it would be something uplifting to everyone you can't see my face right now but like Disgust. You know whose face I'm not going to see? King Charles's. On my money. Because I won't have any. Because all of it's apparently gone towards this fucking celebration of shit. Period. Anyway, that's 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 one of my... And also, where else is your money going? I don't <laughs> even... I, I'm, I'm, I'm too angry to even get into our third flop of the moment. We're just which was the, shitting on landlords in general. We kind of just want to shit on landlords. Yeah, I'm in a legal battle right now with As well for deposit dispute of with my old landlord over my old deposit. I think this section of the podcast, including the coronation, is kind of just a bitch about the cosy living crisis because it is shit. Like it is just shit, and I guess we could sit here and complain about how shit it is, but maybe what we should be doing is thinking of ways that we could have solidarity at this time. Like, what can we actually do? I um. I've been in a bit of a crisis recently about what to do with my life since graduating. Um, I graduated with law, but the thing is, during my degree, I became so disillusioned with it and the inaccessibility of it that I was like, I don't want to particularly work in this field. But one thing I'm really interested in doing and I think it's so necessary right now is kind of letting people know what their rights are. like 
tenants mm. don't know their rights. Landlords have that upper hand by having the knowledge um, the of what they knowledge. can get away with. Mm. And they have the advantage of the ignorance, not ignorance, but the tenants don't know their rights. Mm. All of the and best especially young, younger women dealing with oftentimes like older men who are landlords and wealth hoarders mm-hmm. are so much more likely to get really fucked over. I think I really do want to see more like non men in the realm of law and finance and educating each other. Like the best thing we can do with any knowledge we have is to use it to support each other. The phrase I will say that everyone should know. Anyone renting or hoping to rent should know. Ooh. The onus is on the Marry landlord. Rich. Oh. Also that that's quite good <laughs> actually, yeah. Look at all off and marry someone rich. Yeah, I think yeah, forget what I had to say. <laughs> the onus is on the landlord is the most important thing. Um, any evidence um, in terms of deposits, damages, etc., the onus is on the landlord to mm. provide said evidence. Um, and they get away with a lot of stuff because people don't know that it's their responsibility and people don't call landlords out on, like, actually, if you're going to accuse me of X, Y, and Z, it is your responsibility to prove that I did XYZ and I just think there's such a disba- like an un- unbalance in people knowing their rights and it's something that I I don't know I just I find it so annoying and upsetting that we don't know this stuff mm. even though I've studied it and I'm in a position of extreme privilege where I've had that opportunity to study it I still don't when know when you're that actually much. facing that bureaucracy head on it's still just so overwhelming and confusing and, and you need to take a fag break halfway through filming your podcast because it's all it's so just overwhelming. too much and like, especially when you're a tenant and it's like you're not a property owner it is so scary the idea of being kicked out your flat or not being able to make rent or having all this pressure and responsibility because it's where you live this is to a landlord a spare piece of property that they profit mm. off of and but this is your home and on behalf of femfm we would like to say solidarity with all tenants and all people battling like rent crises solidarity with all striking workers solidarity with anyone who's dealing with the financial cost of living crisis absolutely kicking their ass and the repercussions and of in the that Tory spirit government. I'm going to do something wild oh. Kat I'm about oh to blow your mind I've decided to change the song I'm about to play really? yep I'm switching it up because I think this conversation calls for a different song and that song is a song called Fuck Your Landlord by Grove oh word okay surprise oh song. my god this was on my original playlist of the week so I'm now going to be playing a song by Grove, who we've played on FemFM before. This song is called Fuck Your Landlord. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's from their 2021 album, Queer and Black. The majority of the lyrics of the song are off, 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 off with their heads. Uh, I'm a big, big Grove fan. Yes. I think they're such a cool artist. They're Bristol-based, and they make this really crazy blend of like electro but also dance hall music that is so interesting they speak a lot about how they want to like reclaim the genre of dance hall because it's so straight they want to make like dance hall for queers yeah and i think I it's it. so I fun it. I um i have had the honor of seeing grove live twice 
we are essentially best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Grove is mixed race. <laughs> Great job on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Grove is mixed race and as am I. And when I went to their last gig in Birmingham, they were doing an interview with the newspaper I write for. So we had a chat after the show, Grove and I, because we kind of knew each other because they performed at a festival I worked for last year. Mm-hmm. And as I was there, standing next to Grove in conversation with Grove, some drunk white lady came over, grabbed me and went, but I just wanted to say, this is the second time I've seen you live and I feel you're so good today. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just stood there like, wait, wait, what? And I said, who do you think that I am? <laughs> And she just went, uh, um, uh, well, uh, and then backed slowly out of the room. But it's like mental. Like Simpson going into the bush. I was stood next to them. That's we were wearing so completely different that. outfits. And this woman had just watched them on stage for what two hours. <laughs> but yeah, basically, Grove is incredible and really amazing live. And this song, Fuck Your Landlords, is one of my favourite songs to hear live because it's a really joyous, like, show of solidarity that I think is so important and so fun at a gig. Everyone will stand in the crowd and chant off with their heads. Love. So this is a good song for channeling rage, which it seems is the topic of the week. Fuck your landlords. Fuck your landlords. And here's the titular song by Grove. Fuck your landlords. Fuck your landlords. Fuck your landlord Fuck your landlord Hey, you got the pink roll up, roll up You'll just meet up on the market Packed up, packed up Half a pot for either getting jacked up
Artists that reminds you that sometimes the punkest instrument there is is just a synth. I really like, like the um, piece of sound effects. That song, <laughs> the kind of like um, blam superhero mm. noise, like something shocking happens. It's such fun production. So I love fun, it's so goofy. Oh, I love, cool. I love punk that's actually about something. Rather than just being like, oh, like young blood. <laughs> like, I say that like me and my friend haven't written a punk song about Stacey Dooley, but but it's about something. That's saying something. It's so sad. That's so sad. I don't normally do this, but can I give you a hug? <laughs> so <laughs> do you anyway, do you we're coming up to the end of this week's episode. Oh, you're crying. No, seriously, guys. No, you're gonna make us cry. Calm down. Calm down. Guys, no, stop it, don't cry. You know I cry when you guys cry. Remember what we said about controlling your emotions? Mm -hmm. Hit some drums. We'll be back. We will be back. We'll be back. Just as a reminder before we give you our classic of the week. That was nice. Thank you. (laughs) This week's playlist, as with all of our other playlists, can be found on Instagram. We'll be posting the link to the Spotify playlist on atfem.fm. Also available to find on our Spotify is the link to our recommendations playlist, which we ask everyone to add to with songs they think we'd like on the show. And also we've got our Agonising Auntie submissions, all anonymous, by the way. So if you go on our Instagram, click the link in the bio, it will take you to a page with all of our links on. You're also um, absolutely free to send us a non-anonymous question if you fancy just dropping us a message. If you fancy it, yeah. And if you don't want to be named on the show, just say, no worries, no qualms. Um, yeah, we'll it's fully anonymous, the link in our bio. Um, oh my god, this classic is so good. Yeah, so for our classic of the week this week. Oh god, this is also like a cheeky South London pick, Loki. Technically, yes. One of my favourite songs in the entire Ever. world. Do you want to introduce Absolutely. it? Absolutely, we're playing Dog Days Are Over by Florence the Machine. From the 2009 album Lungs. One of my all-time favourite albums. Beautiful. Every song, banger, banger, banger. Mm. I had the privilege of seeing Florence live in January this year. Honestly, it felt like um, like a church sermon or something, like or an induction Ooh. to a cult. Um, she is just so ethereal live. This song, we were talking about this earlier, it's kind of that song where you hear it and you're like, everything's going to be okay. It feels like whenever it comes on, when we both used to work at a dingy nightclub together and this song <laughs> would come on on shift, I'd be like, oh, everything's going to be, gonna be okay. okay. Absolutely. My connection with this song is such a... Anyone who was in choirs growing up will get this. When you hear a song that you used to perform in a choir you were in, it hits so different. When you're an adult and you're like, oh my God, I performed this in choir when I was 13. (laughs) So cute. So it's one of those songs that I only know the alto harmonies for. (laughs) Which were the same note the whole time. (laughs) So everyone else is doing the lyrics and I'm like, ah, ah. You have to sing the lyrics. Oh, no. I'm going to have to edit my a cappella version onto you. No, I liked it. I think you should do the whole song like that. Happiness. But it just makes me so happy because for me, it's a real, like, 
a song that I discovered as a kid that made me happy that still makes me just as happy to this day it makes me want to run it makes me want to run real fast it's just a lovely song about things hope. getting better hope things yeah. are going to be okay dog days are over dog days are over girls the sun is shining and we hope that you guys have a lovely lovely week and we'll be with you Friday after next with another fresh episode of Fem FM. Um, we love you very much. Love you. Um, Miss you. No, don't oh go. No, wait, don't go. No. Oh, wait. Wait. Here's the dog day. Dog days are over. My toes are machine.
You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for... Femme FM.